Hello and welcome to the Big Topic in Women's MMA podcast. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Uh, before we get into things, uh, just want to remind you, check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. I did one on Tuesday. I also did a special edition of the podcast last Friday uh, upon the uh, announcement that uh, Ham So He is uh, leaving Ryzen. And I did that with my friend Charlie, who lives in Japan. So we're going to get into that a little bit later because there's a resolution to that. But first, we're going to get into uh, uh, Saturday's UFC show. There were two fights on that show. Both uh, fight videos are up on my blog. The first one, we have Jessica Andrade uh, beating uh, um, Caitlin Jukagian by uh, knockout in the, in the first round. Uh, this went pretty much like I thought it would. Um, you know, uh, didn't surprise me at all. Okay. I, I didn't think Caitlin could keep away from her for three rounds. What do you think, Schwan? Well, I didn't think so either. Caitlin is a busy fighter more than a technical when it comes to her footwork and movement. And she doesn't have the athleticism and the power so when she hits you to create the space necessary to keep you off her. Now, against average athletes, she can do it. But against somebody who's pretty much at top of the food chain athlete, like Andrade, who has durability and power, she wasn't going to be able to keep her off. I, I did notice that she had a couple moments where she opened up with some combinations. She tried to threaten for some takedowns, and she was able to avoid some of uh, Jessica's offense. But I think that had to do more with Jessica being somewhat one note and her striking is somewhat limited, more so than it had to do with um, anything Caitlin Jukagan was doing past a certain point. Yeah, but Jessica throws hard, so that's the big problem. And, like, she beat her with a – uh, a body shot that sent her running across the cage. And then uh, she beat it. She hit her with another one and that was it. Um, you know, yeah. uh, now this was uh, Jessica is the first female fighter to win in all three divisions. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, she also said afterwards that she uh, wanted to concentrate on body shots because uh, uh, with Caitlin's weight cut, uh, she's vulnerable to, to body shots. And, that may have been a coaching thing. I don't know. But um, I thought she did, a, listen, she did exactly what we thought she would do. And I think the chances are pretty good. She's going to get to the next um, flyweight title shot uh, against Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. And, uh, she, looked like a, she looked like a freight train out there. I mean, but for people who keep saying I, I bash her team and I bash her, the fact of the matter is that wasn't one of the more skillful performances I've seen. Uh, she was lunging a little bit. She was reaching a little bit. And everybody could say, well, she just – she knew she could do that against Caitlyn. That's, that's not knowing that because that's what she's always done. She went to the body, but she's been going to the body for a couple years. That's obvious. She was throwing naked kicks and getting countered for it. Um, she's not a bad fighter, but she's a fighter who leans heavily on her physical tools, and that's what her team leans on. They don't really – they haven't really built her. They're trying to do everything on the back end, and it's very hard to make adjustments, strategical or technical – this far along the game when this person has this cheat code of physical tools that they can just rely on anytime the fight gets too difficult. So it well, was a good okay. fight and it was a good win, but it, it, it makes me concerned moving forward for if she fights Valentina, you see a couple situations, Valentina rattles off three or four punch combination. She ain't, she ain't walking through that the same way. That's right. Now the, the, the thing is other fighters from the same camp, they fight the same style, but they're not as good at it. And so it's like you, you got to, you got to, you got to, if you're the coach, you got to tailor 
the 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 uh, your coaching to the to what's appropriate for the individual fighter, not treat it like a cookie cutter. And so this is why we talked about last week, um, you know, Jessica being a bit of a meal ticket for Piranha. Yeah. Okay. And and yeah, got that's really what it was in there. Yeah, it's made right. a name for him, and it allowed him to get more fighters in the UFC because they can say, look what I did with Jessica. But he They're didn't really school. do a ton with her. I'm not, saying he didn't do any, I'm not saying he didn't do anything with her, but he didn't do as much as he's getting credit for. Yeah. she. A lot of it is her physical tools. It's as simple as that. Yep. Okay. If she was, now, if she was, if she was she is now she wouldn't be at the record the record she had if she was 25 percent less she wouldn't be that she, she wouldn't be as dominant as she is her skill set okay. proves that okay now caitlin's been talking about retirement okay you know she says she's taking it fight by fight but she also said if she gets pregnant that's it she's quitting so yeah. basically she's got one foot out the door yeah that's basically, basically yeah yeah okay well, i mean it's to that for her she, she, she can hang around, but she's clearly never going to be a champion. So if she's okay with hanging around, making decent money, fine. But if she's not, she might as well start the next phase of her life. Okay. So the second fight was um, uh, Jillian Robertson beating um, Poliana Botello by unanimous decision. And um, the thing about Jillian, she still has no striking. And what she needs to, she gets no. Needs to get good enough at her striking to set up her takedowns because once she gets it to the ground, you know she'll win the fight most of the time. She's okay. almost unstoppable. She is very impressive. Yeah, except against better fighters, that's not going to work. You know, yeah, it's just that, that's Poliana is not, her problem. Yeah, it's just that Poliana is not a better fighter. Poliana is a pretty good striker. Yeah, but her ground game is awful. And she can't, she can't um, prevent takedowns. If she, you know, she did a dumb thing, you know, threw a kick, and that was it. A naked kick, yes, yeah. That yeah. that she that fight was hers to win because the first round, essentially, this fight showed the best and worst of Gil- Jillian. First, you see, you see her attempt to take down with no setup at the beginning of the fight. Pollyanna defends it because she's huge and she leans on it. She's just punishing her. They get back on the feet. Jillian's throwing some nonsense, not really landed, not doing any damage. And every time Pollyanna hits her, Jillian gets a little bit skittish, a little bit scared, starts reaching for takedowns, can't really finish them, can't keep them, can't control them. Late in the round, she gets a takedown. But once again, in the second round, instead of setting up a jab, attacking the body, fainting, Pollyanna just backs her up to the cage and throws a kick, gets taken down. From that point on, the fight was over. Because once yeah, Jillian put in her mind that she can't get back, can't get back up, Pollyanna was fighting scared in the third because she's like, "Oh, I can't kick now." That her corner told that you can't take weapons away from your fighter. You're supposed to train them in a manner that they can set up the strikes better. She would have thrown a one, a hard one too. The leg kick, the leg kick would have been the kick would have been fine, but she didn't set it up. And those little details are what's going to cost her because she's got the physical tools to be a good fighter, but she doesn't have the IQ and she doesn't have the the range and depth of skill necessary. And Jillian exposed that. Now, she let Jillian off the hook. All the better fighters in the division aren't going to. And they're good enough grapplers and wrestlers that she's not going to be able to just take them down at will like that. Yeah. She needs to improve her striking. I guess that's the bottom line. Poliana was saying that she's yeah, now Yeah. was saying that she's now training with um, Anna Michelle Tavares, who um, 
was an active fighter from 2003 to 2008. She's a BJJ black belt. And she fought mostly in Japan uh, for um, uh, Smack Girl. And uh, uh, she, the only two fights, she was 72, the only two fighters she lost to were Yuka Suji and Mikubi Fuji. And in her final fight on the uh, April 25th, 2008 Smack Girl show, she beat Lisa Ellis, or she was known as Lisa Ward at the time. So she was a very good fighter. Uh, what happened at that point is that was the final Smack Girl show, and Smack Girl was sold to Deke, who changed the name to Jules. And so they stopped really bringing foreign fighters over. And uh, in an interview that I saw with uh, Anna Michelle a few years back, uh, what happened is she just wasn't getting the offers anymore. And she figured, well, if they're not going to offer me enough money, then I'll stay home and just train because she can do seminars and make a lot of money doing that. That's why Kyra Gracie never fought professionally because she made enough money uh, doing seminars that she didn't need to fight. So it was the same thing with then and Michelle. Um, so now she's obviously a coach at Nova Okay. But I think that Poliana can get some good results working with, um, working with Anna Michelle. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Anna Michelle. Well, she's got, I, I don't know much of her. I've, I've heard her in passing, but I'm, I'm a big fan of anybody who's trying to develop fighters and not just rely on those physical tools. Poliana is a fighter who, clearly has relied on being bigger, stronger, more yes. physical. And that's great. That's a great. Especially it's strong. Yeah. It, it, it's, she had to be, I mean, she, if she would have had one more layer to her striking, Jillian probably never, the, the second round goes the same way the first round is, but she didn't have that layer. She didn't have that awareness and she got punished for it. Okay. Let's go on to this Saturday's uh, UFC 254, which I just want to remind fans that it uh, starts early. Okay, the main card starts at 2 p.m. and the uh, that's Eastern, and the uh, um, prelims start at 11 a.m. Eastern. Okay, so we have two women's fights on the show. We have Lauren Murphy. Uh, it was supposed to be against Cynthia Calvillo, but Cynthia got tested positive for COVID-19. So instead, we're getting uh, uh, Lilia Shakarova. Okay, now Lilia is from uh, Uzbekistan, and she trains in Russia. And uh, she's 8-1, mostly working for works for Russian companies like Fight Night Global and companies like that. Um, I watched a couple of her fights. Uh, it's hard to tell how good she is because the competition level is so low. Uh, but um, um, I guess you kind of think the same thing, right? Yeah, the only thing I could tell from watching her fights is she's very physical. She seems she seems kind of powerfully built and large. She likes to apply pressure. She hits pretty hard. She's very strong. And on top, she's she's a punishing fighter. I don't see a lot of depth in her striking. I don't know how good an athlete she is because the girls she's fighting aren't tremendous athletes. Um, she she has issues with her footwork. She doesn't know how to cut people off, but she'll stay on you. She'll pressure you, but she's not very good good at cutting off the cage. The only thing that gives me pause for her against Lauren Murphy is Lauren Murphy's safety zones or the things she reverts to when she's in danger is, are, is her physicality, her physicality and her, her clinching, her wrestling, whatever. And against this kind of girl who seems to be very physical and seems to want to engage in clinches and seems to want to engage in grappling exchanges, she might not have that safety zone. So yeah. she might not be as effective as the plan usually has. I think she's a very risky opponent. Okay. I think, 
You yep. agree with that. The other thing is she said in her media availability this week that she had already signed with the UFC and was supposed to debut in March. No, not March, but in December. And so she, uh, they offered her this, and she decided to, to make it an early debut. She just fought like two weeks ago. So she's still in shape, obviously. Well, she's probably figured, she's probably figured, she's figured I'm in shape, I'm sharp. And even though Lauren's on this three-fight win streak, I think, or three out of the last four, the fact of the matter is the girl she's beat up, she's had a huge physical advantage over it as far as cardio, physicality, and strength. And Lauren's at a point where she's in title talks now. So if I'm her opponent, I'm thinking, if I beat this girl, if nothing else, I announce myself to the world. I might be two or three fights from a title shot myself. Secondly, even if I lose, this girl is on a win streak and highly ranked. So if I lose the right kind of way, I set the table for myself and built up some momentum. So it's a win-win for her. For Lauren Murphy, even if she wins, it could be a loss. If it's not dominant, if she loses, it's, it's catastrophic. Yeah. Now, um, I think she's improved. Lauren's improved a little bit because she's been training at Fortis MMA in Houston. And Saeed is seems to be uh, doing what I call remedial training, where he's taking uh, veteran fighters and trying to fix their bad habits. And uh, Lauren's big bad habit is, you know, trying to think too much. And maybe he's gotten her to be a little more instinctive. Okay, but uh, yeah, it seems like it seems like she's more natural and she's she's playing the other. I, the biggest change I've seen is her willingness to engage on the feet and, and a little more technique in there. So it makes her not lean on that physicality and that cardio exclusively because when all you have is physicality and cardio that can put you in a lot of bad spots. It seems like he's layered her, her skill set a little bit more. Yeah. My only question is how good, how much work has he done? Because she's had every fight she's won. It's, it's, it's been her way. I need to see what she does when she gets put in a position she doesn't want to be, or she can't get the position she needs to get. How, do, how does she react then? Then we'll really know what kind of work he's done for her. Well, because Lil, uh, Lilia is a little unknown, it's kind of an intriguing fight. Because like you said, she may be tougher than we think but we don't know that yet. I would assume she's got to be. I mean... They had already yeah, signed her. It wasn't I, I, something just, they just found, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Her, her. Uh, I, I don't see world-class from her, but I, I've, from what I've seen, she has areas of strength that would be concerning for Lauren Murphy. When Lauren Murphy's fought physical, strong fighters, she has struggled. You look at the losses she's had, it's against girls who can match her physicality, match her pace, and match her strength. I think this girl may have that opportunity. She looks pretty stout. She looks pretty powerful. Okay. The other uh, match on this uh, show is uh, Lilia Jojua, or Liana Jojua, I think it is. Liana Jojua versus um, Miranda Maverick. Liana is from Georgia. She trains at the Akhmat fight team in Russia. Um, Now, she's one-on-one in the UFC. Before she came to the UFC, she fought at bantamweight. And when she lost her first UFC fight to Sarah Moraz, I thought she was a little undersized for a bantamweight. And so they told, told her to drop to flyweight. And in her last fight, she won by uh, an armbar over, I think it was Diana Belbita. And that was at flyweight. So now she's a flyweight. Yep, right? that was it. And it was hard yeah. to tell if she's any good or not because Diana was pretty terrible. Okay, she just was inept. Um, Miranda is from uh, Springfield, Missouri. She's an Invicta veteran. She won one of those screwy tournaments that they do. 
Uh, but she was signed with USC, and she was supposed to make her debut a few months ago. But she told them she was having trouble with her weight cut, so they decided to uh, put off her debut. But um, uh, she's looked good at times in Invicta, but with the competition level, sometimes it's hard to tell uh, how good she is. But I don't know if we'll get a better idea or not. I don't think either of these fighters are, are proven, in my opinion. They're pretty much uh, unknown at this point. Yeah, neither one of them is has shown sign of being elite. I know uh, Jojuna had fought at Bantamweight, and obviously there was a size issue. But if you're a certain caliber of athlete, you're a certain caliber of skill fighter, you flash certain skills before you get worn down by the size, like Nico Montagna did against Juliana Pena. Against Mariah, she showed she was an active counterpuncher. She showed some decent striking, but she was never putting strikes together. And defensively, she had no idea how to pivot and circle out correctly to keep the size from being an issue. So the size became an issue because of a lack of her defensive skills. And then once Morris got her hands on her, she didn't really have, I mean, if you're a world-class, world-class grappler or a high-level grappler, you can find spots to be effective against someone like Morris, who just gets by on physicality and size. But she didn't really have any success against her, and she got finished. Um, Maverick... She seems like a grappler type. She can't put strikes together either. She's, she's experienced but not hasn't faced a level of opponent who's forced her to develop or forced her to show more. Uh, I think the best win she has is against Pearl Gonzalez, and that's impressive, except Pearl Gonzalez is a very mistake-prone fighter. No kidding. Uh, Pearl Gonzalez had a moment where she could win the fight, and she tried to finish with a submission when she could have just ground and pounded her and finished her. So basically she's gotten by on her ability to get takedowns and to basically outgrapple people. And against this opponent, this this opponent, I think, is a good enough grappler where that's going to offset. So it's going to come down to what happens on the feet. And I think Joe Juna is a little bit cleaner on the feet. But I, right now, I can't see either girl is world championship level or top 10 level. They seem like decent fighters who are very attractive. And and um, I think that played a part in them being signed. I'm not saying they, they can't fight, but, you know, there's other things – being discussed when you're picking who to sign to contract. Well, I think Liana came in as a late replacement when she fought Sarah Morris. So uh, I don't know if they signed her before, or somebody they saw, or whatever. Okay. Anyway, uh, that those two fights are Saturday. Now uh, I want to talk about the Hamso thing. So on last Friday, um, Ryzen posted on their website that Hamso he had turned in the um, Ryzen Atomweight Championship. Okay. So um, I wanted to do a podcast immediately. Okay. So I uh, hit up Charlie and we, it, it was 10 p.m. here in Toronto when we did it. It was 11 a.m. in Japan. Okay. And we did uh, uh, about a half hour or thereabouts. And we just went over the whole thing. Basically, what we predicted is she was going to sign at either one of two places. Uh, the likely place that she was going to sign was one championship, okay? And the other possibility is the UFC, because the UFC, if they want to start an atomweight division, they can start it with Ham So Heat. So uh, that's kind of what, that's what we predicted. And I think it went pretty well. Did you listen to it at all? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, how'd we do I thought, I thought it was a good conversation. I thought it was pretty good because y'all didn't just – did, did, did just focus on the obvious, which is the fighting. You kind of 
and I didn't know the things about the money issues and oh, we'll talk about that and the money issues she had personally with her. Oh, you're talking about uh, you know, I, I learned a lot about it. Yeah, that's something I knew about. Yeah, like there's a lot of levels. To, there's there's a lot of levels to it. It's not just a matter of I want to go fight here, fight there. People don't tell that part of the story. A lot of fighters aren't just going because they want to face the best or they don't want to. There's another. There's a financial component that people don't like to discuss. Okay, so uh, on Monday, uh, Ryzen had a press conference. And uh, Ryzen uh, President uh, Nobuyuki Sakagabara, he said that their contract was not with Ham He, but was actually with Road FC. So uh, Ham's, uh, con- it's Ham's contract with Road FC that is finished. Okay. Ryzen can't really, uh, we were talking as well on the podcast, we were talking about that they're having money problems. Okay, at Ryzen, and so uh, it remains to be seen whether they can overcome. There's no way they can afford it. Okay, she's going to want to get the most money possible, and who's she going to get that from? One of two places. So she has signed with one championship, and I think they're going to do be doing a, an Adam Wood tournament pretty soon because the champion Angela Lee is currently pregnant. Okay, so yeah, eventually what we'll probably see is Angela Lee against Ham So He, and that should be a pretty good fight, actually. Uh, but, um, it would, you know, we got it right, you know. We don't always get stuff right, but we did in this case. You know? Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see if, which, she's already been in the UFC, so if she goes, if she ever went back to it, I'd assume that's going to be an Adam Wade class. I don't know why she'd go back any other reason. She wouldn't. Um, she wouldn't. We, 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 uh, we kind of prefaced that, you know, we made that as a condition. I mean, she's not going to go back to fighting Strawway. And the fact of the matter is, one, uh, does like to pay a lot of money to fighters. Okay? So they're like, you know, take a little pride in that sort of thing. Now they lie about a lot of stuff, but that's another story. You know, uh, and some of their rules are a little weird. But uh, other than that, I'm not particularly, I, I wasn't surprised by that at all. Okay, so... Hey, I'm all for fighters to pay. So if you can get the money there, go ahead and get it. That's right. Okay. All right. That's about it. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, that's about covers it. Okay. Again, don't forget to check out my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com. Check out those uh, uh, videos that I posted. Uh, also, my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Did one on Tuesday. And, of course, I did the special one last week. I uh, usually have Charlie on when we do – we have a Deep Jewels show because he goes to the shows. Okay, so that way we can uh, talk about it intelligently. Okay. Um, if you uh, have any questions or comments for my blog or either of my podcasts, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcasts, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.